Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is my first attempt at a new intro. It's Tom Panos and John McGrath, of course, with our engineer, Troy Malcolm. How are you, gentlemen? That was average. That was an average introduction. <laughs> well, I thought there was going to be something spectacularly creative, but that was just... I liked your old introduction. You know, one of the great things about the podcast, John, is that... What was it? Welcome to Million Dollar Agent, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. It was fantastic. I was expecting more. Okay, uh, gang, over the next three months, I'll be working very hard at nailing the introduction... Uh, how's everyone going? You're all well? Good. It's interesting. New financial year, and for a lot of people it's just another date on the calendar, but I'm a great believer there are reset points in your life. You know, it can be a birthday, it can be the 1st of January, it can be new financial year, it can be almost anything you want, but there are things and opportunities and dates which are natural review points for where you're at in your life and your business, and we talk yeah. to the business audience here. So if you haven't used the 30th of June as a reset trigger point, to review where you're at, how did your business going, zero to ten, give yourself a personal audit, where do you sit in key areas, and not just that, of course, Troy, the rest of your life. You know, as we all know here, we, you know, we're talking about life success, not just business success. So I think it's a really good opportunity to reset your goals and say, did I hit my FY15 targets? Yeah. If the answer's no, yeah. let's work out what do we have to change in our lives. So anyway, good, good points. This is a the first, I think this is the year we actually have our first sponsors. Yes. Um, so Troy, we're, we're do- doubling Troy's salary, is that right? Uh, so, two Troy, we haven't, we actually have Two times zero is? Yeah. Uh, well, I, it's <laughs> Troy, Troy's here for the love of it, so uh, Troy, we appreciate that. We will we'll be sitting down and having a, a, a review with you, <laughs> like every company does uh, once a year. Uh, John, while it's fresh in my mind, when we talk about a start, a reset point, I've... Um, I should have mentioned it to you before the podcast. I've opened up real estate gym doors for the new year. So anyone that wants to go on, tompanos.com.au, the real estate gym is open. Um, and it's uh, when, when are they going to be? What months? It's for the whole year. It's for 12 oh, months. Okay, 12 months program. And it's $10 a week, John. Fantastic. So, uh, a lot, and a lot of our subscribers are on my database. So go on to that because... It's funny I, you say that. I mean, some people, whenever we hear the price, they make an immediate judgment. Is that a lot or a little? I was, the other day I was reading a magazine and it was like $29 for the magazine and uh, someone said, you know, that sounds expensive for a magazine and my view is a magazine can give you, just like a seminar, just like a podcast, it can give you ideas that can change your life. Yeah. So is $29 a lot to pay for that? I don't think so. So it's interesting. So uh, anyway, I'll be there. Hopefully, yeah. Well, John, I'll get invited. Can I speak? Absolutely. You're you're one of the mentors, John. <laughs> Fantastic. You're one of you're one we of the mentors. You you're Fantastic. one of the mentors. So, John, that's that's another two hundred and fifty thousand dollars you had it and accounted for this Fantastic. year. Fantastic. We're going to get Phil Harris to do something. Philly Harris is on there. He's as got well. a lot to share. Yeah. Well, Phil Harris is uh, he's just did a rebranch on, um, and he's look he's a smart operator. Phil Harris is a very good operator. I'm not sure. I think Sarah might be the brain. Sarah's the brains behind that, that organisation. Hey, Sarah, Sarah. Phil's we... just the, the, the face. He's up front. Okay, uh, Phil, uh, that was John McGrath. <laughs> <laughs> so, I love, John, I love this question that's come in. Um, it's about closing. It says, and we love Q&As. And yeah. I, I, I actually think the whole podcast can be done on Q&As because Q&As are real life here. This is a really good question. I have various people in my office who think you need to be more aggressive at closing for the business. My view is that closing can be perceived by the client as being pushy. What are your views? So John, is it a 1980s concept? 
do you believe that Tom Hopkins is all about closing, but 2015 Trusted Advisor is not about closing? Let's talk about it. Really good question. Uh, I think, firstly, it depends on your definition of closing. My view is closing for the business, which I think is really just seeking permission to get started if they like you. I don't think if done right, that is a bad thing at all. I think if you've done your research, you've turned up, you've understood your client's goals, you've you've talked to their, their, their concerns, you've given them a plan, you actually deserve to know how they feel about all that. Yeah. And that's my, I see closing a very natural extension of a brilliant presentation with great research behind it. And, and it's not about, I think what the, the, the writer or the author of that question was talking about probably is, you know the old fashioned, they talk about you know, double somersault closes and yeah. triple this and triple that. The alternate you know, choice, the where, trial Exactly, close, where you kind of get to a down. point where, you know, you almost trick them into saying yes. I think those days are well and truly over. Um, and I think nowadays we have very sophisticated audiences in real estate and every, every offering of any description on the planet. People are just more aware than they ever have been. So I think, I think that sort of stuff um, turns people off and makes you look like a robot. So I agree with that old concept. Having said that, I think there's also people that are perpetual rapport builders that have a fear for asking for the business in case they get rejected. Yeah. I think that's equally as bad or equally as, as limiting to your career. In the middle sits, Tom, I think a really nice space that says, you know, Troy, when we started the meeting, we went through a whole range of agenda items. Hopefully I've covered all those. I've given you a recommendation. The two or three concerns you had, hopefully I've given you some comfort around those because I don't want you moving into this transaction with any degree of uncertainty or fear. Based on all of that, how would you feel or would you feel comfortable with putting me to work for you because I would love the opportunity to represent this sale? Or, or words, I mean, that's just a set of words. You can work out whatever it is, but it, it's not aggressive, it's not tricky, it's transparent, but it's also asking me for feedback. Now, you have every right to say, no, I'm not ready, in which case that's another conversation. It's either... You don't think I'm the right agent. You want some time to think about it. You need more information, all of which are fine. I can give you more information. I'd love to know why you don't think I'm the best agent because that's good feedback for me, whether you change your mind or not. Um, so I think those things are important. Or you could just be, you're one of those people that likes to take all these away, sit down on the weekend, have a cup of coffee and go through all the presentations and, all, and everything and then give whoever gets the job the answer on Monday. I don't have a problem with that either. I just want to make sure the other two things, which is you need more information or you're concerned about one of my propositions, I'd rather discuss that now yeah. than you go away and then you wake up tomorrow and say, look, you know, they're a bit too expensive, I thought, and they didn't talk to me about that and their office is six kilometres away from my home and I think that's a bad thing, so I think I'll go with someone else. I want to know what their objections are because either I can give them comfort and, and turn them around yeah. or I can't, in which case... I move on and they move on and they'll make a decision without me. So it's really interesting, John, because by the sounds of it, the timing of when you have that conversation, or let's perceive the whether it's called closing or not, you're making it easy for a client to say yes is really what you're trying to do. But where you put that in the conversation, you need to earn the right to have that. You can't go off and go ask for the business if you actually haven't felt along the way you've been on the same page, is it? 100%, Tom. And, you know, the funny thing is when people are selling their property, it's important, but so is everything else in their life. So you're going to get limited bandwidth, brain matter from that person. Right now you're in front of them. You're talking real estate. They're heads around the concept of appointing an agent. 
that's the best time to be seeking feedback on how did you feel about it? Even if you start with, Troy, you know, give me a sense. What do you think about my recommendations and my plan? Does it seem to fit the way you were thinking of going forward? Yeah. Um, whatever. Like I said, there's 10, 20, 30 things you could say. There's unlimited things you could say. But they're all designed to get some feedback as, are we on track? Are we heading in the same direction? Do you need more information? Um, do you feel I'm an appropriate person? Do you like me and my brand and trust us? Those sort of things. So I think looking for feedback that hopefully might lead to appointing you or it may lead to saying I'm never going to appoint you either one is very healthy did you, um, when when John McGrath was listing real estate did John McGrath ask for the business all the time all the time well so all the time I felt it was appropriate there are sometimes I felt there was a reason and someone might say look my wife's away for the week when she gets back we're going to go through this together or my husband's away and then at that point we might have some more questions. I'm not gonna try and close that because that for me is disrespectful. They've given me a, a real tangible reason. It involves another person that's an important part of their life and their decision-making process. I think that's probably a very appropriate reason to say, great, well, I'm happy to come back and meet with you both. I can go back through it. I can answer any questions that come up. But I always say to people, you know, how do you feel? How do you feel about appointing us? You know, does it feel like there's a good fit here? Yeah. Do you feel like there's chemistry between us? Would you be comfortable with me looking after you? Um, I say it if I'm on my own. I say it if I'm with one of my colleagues because I want to get a sense of it. And most of the time, I was up with Sherry, uh, just joined us in Brisbane. She's a great agent. I hope, hopefully she's a listener. Yes, and she's, uh, yes, she's going to be, uh, she's made contact with me, John. She's going to be interviewed on my video blog. Oh, well, she, uh, Matt she's a, told me that she's a class act. Superstar. Oh, more than class act, superstar. Anyway, hopefully she listens or someone tells her to turn this on because she is one of the best agents I've come across in 30 years. And I flew up to Brisbane last week to go to a listing appointment with her. Right. It was an important listing. She's just joined us. She was having to wrestle against a couple of other agents, and I said... She said, look, have you got any advice? And I said, well, you know, what are their concerns? And she said, well, the concerns are I've just joined a new company and they don't know as much about, you know, my new company, McGrath, as they knew at her previous company. Yeah, long story short, I said, let me fly up. I'll meet with you, which I did last Thursday afternoon. And we had a really great tour. We had a great discussion with the client. Um, I said to them that Sherry had mentioned that, you know, they had some concerns. They didn't know our company. And part of my reason being there was so I could answer any questions which I did, and right at the end of it, I said, how do you feel about the chemistry and about us representing you? Yeah. Um, and uh, the answer was, we feel really good. We think this is kind of going to be right. Uh, we just want to have one more sleep over it, but we're really glad you've come up. Anyway, the next day she texted me and she said she signed uh, up the listing, which is a great, great credit to her, and I was just happy to be able to play a very small role. But, you know, I did it then, and I think it's a healthy thing to... It's, it's really just getting, Tom, a temperature check. Yeah. Checking the pulse. It's like, you know, checking the pulse of that particular deal and that particular situation is, are we on track or is there an issue? Do you need more information? And then if someone said, look, John, I have got a concern. I think you're too expensive or your marketing's too much or your fees are too much. Then it's, it's not, a, it's not a, a tricky way to do it, but I, I just say to them words to the effect that if we were the same fees as the yeah. second place getter, would you appoint us? which they always say yes because otherwise they wouldn't be talking yeah. to us if we weren't their preferred option. So then I have, a, you know, really a conversation that says, can I have you um, understand the value that I bring, which is actually worth a bit more money? Because yeah. we're never 3% more than anyone else. We might be half a percent, at most 1%. So that becomes a conversation. Are the things you think are better that we offer worth an extra half or three quarters of a percent? 
and uh, you know, nine so out of ten times you get it. So, John, I love the way you said that. How do you feel brings to the surface the things that might not have been discussed that you can discuss there? Because sometimes when they're not discussed at a listing presentation, they're discussed at a time when you're not there, yeah. and when you're not there means that the likelihood of you being appointed ends up becoming a bit of a lottery. So Correct. what you're saying is um, uh, soft, um, earn the right. Um, how do you feel? Are we on the same page? Are there any things, any concerns? And as we finish off here, John, I've got to tell you, I think one of the biggest learnings I've learned about closing, when I was, my first job was at Weber Barbecue, mm-hmm. as, uh, and I'll never forget, um, I had a guy at a shopping centre come up and say to me, from now on, uh, he actually said, I, I still laugh about it, he said to me, uh, what's your clothes? And at the time, I said, smart casual. <laughs> I had no idea. When you're, when you're, when you're 18 uh, years of age from, from Belmore with a Greek upbringing <laughs> and no sales training, that was the first thing that came to my mind. But what was interesting, guys, was that he said to me, from now on, when people seem half interested, ask them, do they want a red one or green one and shut up? Well, he walked away. I thought this guy was a weirdo. Mm. Like, you know, my mum said to me, there's a lot of weirdos at shopping centers. I thought this guy was the weirdo, right? <laughs> but I've got to tell you, the first person I I said that to bought a barbecue, but the strange thing happened. I used that red or green to everyone that came on over, and a lot of people walked away and said, no, we're just looking. I then learned a trend. When someone's interested, and you answer all their questions, and there's rapport building, and they actually believe this is a good thing for them, a close is actually just a natural progression without you or them even knowing it. It's a simple conversation Correct. that makes it easy for them to say yes. And what you're saying, John, is that you sometimes can do everything perfectly in real estate, Perfect pre-listing kit, perfect uh, preparation, perfect answer their questions, but you don't leave that final conversation and that can cost agents a lot in their real estate lives. And and by the way, just as we finish, Tom, the inability to close, and I use the word close because people know what we're talking about, but I wish there was a better word for it because it does... It does have a sense attached to it of, of sort of forcing someone in a direction which it shouldn't do. But let's, the inability to close is one of the greatest things that will hold people back. Because as you just mentioned, some people are brilliant researchers. They know the market. They're great presenters. They're great listeners. They understand the issues that a client has. They can put forward a great marketing package and a brilliant sales process. They actually are, ironically, without doubt, the right agent for the job. They can't ask for the order. Right and then someone else walks in that's not as good, but they're pretty good, and they say, well, Tom, you know, how would you feel? Because I actually want to get started tonight representing you, and I've got buyers that I want to start calling tomorrow morning. Would you and Sula be happy to put me to work? Even if they're not as good as you, if they ask the business, sometimes they're going to get a yes, and then you're sitting there waiting, hoping someone's ringing you back, and another agent's board goes up the next day. So I think it is an important skill not to be brutal, absolutely not, uh, not to force someone in a direction they don't want to go, just to check the pulse, see where they're at, and give them the opportunity to say yes. Yeah. Okay, and on that note, um, I can, you know, John and Troy formally say that uh, this uh, podcast was formally brought to us by realestate.com.au. Formally? Uh, that means before. Uh, officially, sorry. Officially. <laughs> Don't forget, John, I said I'm from Belmore. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, uh, so our, our REA is our new sponsor. Real Estate. So we, we alluded to it last year. but yeah. So realestate.com, and, and, and I would say to people, um, if you there's a lot of things realestate.com on their website can help an agent with. I mean, one of the things that I listen to... Lots of tools, yeah, yeah I agree. John, one of these things... Uh, 
the profile of agents on that website is a very, I mean, people go to the Just Soul section now in making up their minds about who they're going to list with. People go on and look at the profile of agents on there. So I would say if you're the sort of person that maybe has, and there's been a, a, a big feeling towards real estate. It's interesting what you say though, Tom. And my disclaimer, by the way, as most people know, I'm a director of REA, so yep. just to let everyone know about that, but, but my comments are always, no matter what or who I'm talking about, they're always my genuine, heartfelt comments. Um, everyone that listens, I'm sure, is a, a user of REA, because I think yep. 99% of the real estate public in Australia, not everyone knows what REA can do for you. It's a bit like CoreLogic, RP yep. Data. Um, a lot of times we've had their account managers come in and talk to us, and we discover all this gold that we had access to, but we just didn't... Uh, no, uh, our fault, not theirs. So I think the same with REA. You've got to talk to your account manager because I think there's great statistics, there's great information, there's probably parts of the site that you can use to your advantage in either buying or, or listing or selling properties. So, uh, look, I, I'm delighted. As, you, as I said, I'm, I've been part of REA for 15 years and it's a bit like the big banks. A lot of people like bashing REA in domain. Yeah. They kind of see them as threats. I think... I see no reason to, you know, they're, they're both great sites and, and I'm delighted. And they deliver good value. and um... Well, that's the ironic thing because, you know, a lot of people don't see that because prices have gone up in the world of internet. But, you know, there's no doubt when you look at cost per lead, they still are great value. Um, so look, I'm glad there because digital is, is a big part of all our futures and so I'm del- delighted they've come on board. And... Um, are we going to do an advertisement in the future? How do we, we do? I think, John, one of the things that we want to make sure we do is I don't, I don't want the podcast to be one of these infomercial type podcasts where there's lots of music going in there and, you know, uh, people love the fact that Troy, yourself and I sit here together, mm. have this formal conversation, but we want to make sure that we recognise the sponsors and we want to make sure that we are able to say things that help agents use stuff that the sponsors can actually help them get listings 100%. and sales. That's the key to it. We, we could have Greek music on. Well, Why don't we have that Greek well, John, music at the beginning? Troy, could you this go is to the a big library? Week. This, is a big, this is not the week to talk to me about the Greek music. Oh, it's bad. It's all right. Rabbitohs have lost and Greeks gone bankrupt. That's Greece's... There's all sorts of problems, isn't there? Um, John, I believe... <laughs> I believe this... Is, is the South, who, who is the South Sydney president? He's... Well, the chairman is Nick Pappas. Nick Pappas. Okay. Nick Pappas is he, the chairman. He, he He's does, a very good Greek. He doesn't sound like a, a pomp, does he? No, Nick, Nick is from your country and yeah. uh, he is a fine man. So, uh, no, no, of course, half my friends are Greek, which is why we kind of poke fun at each other. Well, I got John, we were in Hawaii last week and my daughters said to me, have you noticed there's more South Sydney jerseys in, <laughs> in, I, I in, in Hawaii than any other teams? They're all around. I couldn't get over that. There was a South. Was there a big game of South Sydney last week? Why was people wearing South Sydney jerseys in Hawaii? Was it? Uh, I don't know the answer to that, but I've got to tell you, there's a hell of a lot of people away this week, and I know several. Jeff Lucas, our COO, went to Hawaii. Someone else I spoke to went to Hawaii. You've just told me you went there, so it could have just been a lot of Aussies on school holidays. Yeah. Um, well, gang, let's call that the end of the podcast. It's good to see you. I look forward to seeing you next week. Stay tuned for Greek music and uh, many other good things. We'll be back. See (laughs) you. To all the Greek community out there, stay strong. Stay one. Yasu, for real. Yasu. Bye. Bye.